0: intersect where church meets culture. I'm Josh Desch, pastor of community and discipleship at Northeast Presbyterian Church in lovely Columbia, South Carolina. And I am joined by the even lovelier Betsy Desch, my wife.
1: Hey, everybody.
0: All right, folks, we've got a good one for you today. The unexpected value of the family dinner, aka the family that eats together, stays together. (laughs) So we are going to talk today about Why You Should Still Have Family Meals Old School Style. I'll tell you what we mean by that later in the episode. So, Betsy, let's go ahead and jump right into this topic, the unexpected value of the family dinner. First of all, why don't we bring the lens back a little bit and talk about the purpose of a family in general?
1: Well, to start the topic, we really want to highlight in today's episode talking about the family dinner, the value of the family dinner is highlighting the connectedness of the family. So in order to talk about connectedness of the family, we kind of need to think about what's the purpose of a family anyway. So you've got your little baby, right? Your baby is born. (laughs) The first purpose of a family is just to provide for the baby's basic mm-hmm. needs. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we all know a baby cannot come out and cook its dinner, put itself to bed and all of those kind of things. So that's the first purpose of the family is just yep. to provide for the baby's basic needs, basic for the child's needs. basic yep. needs. To, the The child, if the child's going to grow to adulthood, the child needs someone to say, hey, don't run in the street. Don't chase your ball into the street. Don't touch the oven when it's hot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these are the first very basic purposes of families.
0: Level one, as it were. Yeah.
1: Exactly. That's your entry-level purpose. And then, you know, as we get down deeper into it, we start thinking about God has ordained the family as a way of imparting values and character into our kids. That's how our children learn, by being connected to us, by by the family providing a safe place where you learn about life, where you experiment, where you can make mistakes. By connection, we impart values. We communicate what's important and we have an intentional togetherness that teaches the children. So that's kind of the, the, an- another purpose of the family is just that we can communicate values and character in a safe place. Also though, we uh, provide nurture. People just need connection. That's been shown from research. I know we've all heard about those studies where babies who don't have connection never develop and thrive as they I think should. that's
0: called failure to thrive, right? Right, yep.
1: because connection to, hu- to other humans actually makes your brain grow as a baby. So connectedness as a family is really integral to growth as a person. Anyway, we really want to think about a connected family. Connected meaning we care about each other. We love each other. These are your people. This is where you belong. This is your deep sense of identity. Um, In your family, your life matters. These are your cheerleaders. These are your lifelong companions. Um, And so the family dinner is a tool for us to use to um, intentionally build those things up.
0: Yeah, and if I could use a, a modern word now, this is a, or a phrase the family should be a safe space. Yes. Where you can, uh, with hopefully no triggers, where, <laughs> where you can feel connected. As we said, really the goal, of course, is not simply to provide for our kids' needs, their basic physical needs, but rather to instill character, to build identity. So, really, what we're saying is we want to be a connected family, right, Bets? Yes. All right, so with those very important principles laid out, let me give you a a sense of the state of the family dinner. How are we doing, America? Here's the report card. (laughs) According to the Journal of American Medicine, 43% of American families eat together every day. 74% of families claim they eat together as a family all the time, while 78% claim they eat together most of the time. So if, if you think about that, America, we're not doing too bad. Um, we could probably be doing better. However, and here's where we really want to dig in, the bigger issue for Americans today is not so much how often we eat together, which it could be more, but it's really what we're doing when we are eating together. So according to one poll, 33% of Americans say the TV is always on during dinner. say it's on half of the time. And some of these studies were really um, before the explosion of smartphones. So I couldn't find any data on texting and so forth. But I'm sure that if there was an accurate poll, they would find that a large percentage of American families are bringing their smartphones with them to the table, texting, reading, doing whatever. So, So here's where we're at, America. We don't eat together as much as we should but we still eat together. But the bigger issue is, what are we actually doing when we're eating together? The reality is we're coming together, but we're largely in our own silos. We're largely distracted. We're not connecting with each other like we should.
1: Yeah. Well, we all know the temptation that you hear. You're sitting down at a dinner, you hear your phone beep with a text or an email or something, and then you face a choice of, do I get up? Do I go look at that? Or... Um, if we're going to be old-fashioned, the phone rings, which doesn't happen that Whoa. much anymore, right? And then the, the choice is, do I interrupt what I'm doing here and do I go look at what's come in on my phone? So not that the answer is always has to be no, but when, when that becomes more common than not, your dinner has become so distracted that takes away from the connectedness aspect.
0: Yeah, and, and I think a big part of this is we're all used to being, distract, being distracted in life. Distractions have always been there. The family dinner, though, has historically been that time where you're no longer distracted, where you come together around food, you share life. And, you know, Betts, I'm guessing you can think about the first time we went to a restaurant and we said, oh, wow, look at, you know, we're at the Olive Garden. Look at those kids. They've got they're playing with an iPad. Right. No, we don't want to judge you if if you're giving iPads to your kids at restaurants. We we can all if you're a parent, you understand the appeal of that. It's just the easiest thing to do. Yes. But are we are we appreciating the creep, if I can use that word, of, of technology and of distraction? And you know what? Yes, it is harder to keep your 3-year-old from um, tossing the lasagna across the other booth, and, <laughs> and not and not going crazy at the restaurant, but you know what? It's worth it. Right. It's worth it compared to just giving them the iPad and saying, "Here you go." And so now we can just get some of that quiet time.
1: Yeah, I agree. We've had some um, awkward moments in restaurants with you know our children leaning over the booth next to them and like looking in somebody's hair or. I don't know. There have been some yep. bad moments, but yep. I agree that there there is value in teaching children like this is a, a good place for us to be connecting as a family. And when we're distracted with other things, the connectedness isn't happening as powerfully.
0: So you may be thinking, well, give, give me some hard data, Josh and Betsy. And <laughs> we would love to do that. Don't take our word for it. Take the word of Dr. Ann Fischel, who is an MD from Harvard Medical School, and she wrote an article in the Washington Post called The Most Important Thing You Can Do with Your Kids, Eat Dinner with Them, and just listen to some of these benefits of the family meal. Young kids learned 1,000 rare words at the dinner table when they had family meals compared to only 143 rare words from parents reading storybooks aloud to their kids. In other words... If you are reading to your kids, but you're not doing family meals together, if you also do family meals together, your kids are going to hear over a thousand rare words that they wouldn't otherwise hear. In other words, they're going to have a higher vocabulary.
1: Well, it makes sense because just think about the words that you use in conversations. Yes. Uh, you know, in in a children's book, often the topics are the same kind of things or the same kind of scenarios are playing out. So it would make sense that in conversation, you're going to encounter words about different things that may not come up in the book. Yeah. Imagine
0: parents, if we were only allowed to use the words that are in The Runaway Bunny or something. It would be be a pretty basic conversation. Okay. Listen to this. Kids who have regular family meals uh, have higher achievement scores. Adolescents who ate family meals five to seven times a week were twice as likely to get A's in school as those who ate dinner with their families fewer than two times a week. It's crazy if you listen to all of these benefits. Some research has even found a connection between regular family dinners and the reduction of symptoms of medical disorders such as asthma, and that benefit might be due to two byproducts of the family meal, lower anxiety, and the chance just to check in on a child's medical compliance. In other words, hey, are you taking your um, asthma medication? Just a couple more to give you. American kindergartners who watch TV during dinner were more likely to be overweight by the time they were in third grade than those kids who weren't um, watching TV during dinner. And finally, there is an association, uh, kids who have a regular family meals have lower rates of depression and suicidal thoughts than kids who um, who do not have family meals.
1: So this is some pretty impressive stuff. But at the end of the day, it's not that there's anything magic about the act of eating dinner at a, at a table with your children. Yeah, it's- you read
0: that article and it, it almost feel like, wow, if— if I just have family meals, my kid will be a United States senator.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not just the act of sitting down together. It's that the family dinner is a symptom of a connected yep. family. Yep. It's that the family um, is having great conversations. Mm-hmm. The family is affirming each other as people. The family is enjoying each other. And not that every family dinner is this harmonious kumbaya moment. Of course not. We've had some really bad family there's dinners. There's
0: going to be some flying meatballs.
1: Some screaming there's like, gonna be I some hate this food. Rice on the
0: floor, folks. (laughs) Our suggestion would be just let it dry before you try to sweep it up,
1: right? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Because
0: it's going to drive you
1: mad. That's right. Yeah. So it's not just, you know, if I commit to sit down at the dinner table with my kids, even though we all hate each other, magic is going to happen. It's not that. It's that when you're cultivating this family culture of connectedness and commitment to each other. Really good things happen when you sit down to that regular meal.
0: Yeah, and let me give perhaps the most powerful stat, which is this. When researchers have asked kids, when are you most likely to open up to your parents, to share with your parents what's really going on in your life, teenagers, kids have said, it's the family dinner. Mm -hmm. That is number one. It's ahead of any other time. That's where you're likely to hear, you know what? I've been dealing with some bullying I'm having some problems with a teacher. I'm having some difficulties with my friends. I'm not sure if I'm going to make the sports team. The, it, parents, this is a hugely meaningful opportunity to engage with your kids about what's really going on in their life, to get them to open up and to share. And then you get those moments where you can really uh, care for them as a parent and, and where they know, okay, I can hear from mom and dad right now. All right. So, Bets. Why don't you go into some suggestions, I'd like to hear from you on this, on what a family can do to create a nurturing dinner table. And as you've already said, that does not mean you have to prepare a Michelin star dinner every night to create a good family meal, right?
1: Right, yeah. So as we've already talked about, Maybe the most important thing is to try to remove distractions, which is hard in um, the day and age that we live in. But to remove those things that will distract your distract you from the aim of connecting with your children. So maybe silencing the phone or turning off the music, turning off the TV, just saying, "Okay, there may be other things that I need to deal with, but those things can wait until we've had this this great time of connecting together. Another thing is, you know, just let the conversation go where it will. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you may be surprised what, what you learn about one of your kids or, you know, something that happened to them during the day. Something that we've tried to do with our kids with varying degrees of success is we've tried to say, all right, each person who comes to the table, we want you to share three things that happened to you during the day. During the day, yep. They can be anything you want. It can be what you ate for lunch, who you sat by at, <laughs> at lunch, what you did at recess, you know, anything, anything that they think is important. And then we really want to stress to the other people at the table, make sure you're listening because you're going to learn something about your sibling and, and then it gives you some ways to interact as a family.
0: Yeah. It, you know, all of this reminds me of some of the best parenting advice I ever heard. And it was from one of my seminary professors back in my seminary days. And he said to us, he said, all right, parents, you want to know how you can have quality time with your kids. You know these these really transformative conversations and all this sort of thing. He said, "You Here's the here's the deal. You can't plan quality time with your kids. The the way that you have these really meaningful moments is you just spend time with them and you trust that God will in his timing bring up those occasions where you're going to have those significant moments of parenting and connection and love. But you can't you can't micromanage it. You can't plan it.
1: Yeah, you can't say, let's sit down and have yeah. a really meaningful yeah. conversation. It's time
0: for one of those life-changing talks.
1: <laughs> right, that probably won't happen if it's set up that probably way. Probably not <laughs> gonna work.
0: So you know what, parents? You gotta just put the time in. That's right. And, and you gotta, if you can build in that family meal where maybe most of the time you're talking about random stuff that's really not that important, every now and then you will hit on one of those extremely important things that can really make an impact on your kids.
1: Yeah, in some ways, the the whole phrase quality time is kind of um, misleading because it really mm-hmm. needs to be quantity time. Amen. Quality time, you know, you can't, you can't say, okay, this is, like you said, this yep. is going to be one of those yep. super meaningful moments. You just have yep. to spend the time, and then the meaningful moments yep. happen where they're going to. Yeah, it's
0: not like our kids are like, teach me wisdom now. I'm ready for you to change my life, mom and dad.
1: I wish <laughs> it was like that. <laughs> Doesn't
0: happen like that. So, parents... What we are encouraging, and this is, this is hard for all of us, is try to have family meals where you're undistracted, where it's a regular routine, and where you, you give it enough time to really have that connecting in that safe space where you can get to know one another. That's our topic for today um, the family that eats together, stays together. Before we close out the podcast, Betsy, do you have any final thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think just, you know, as we go on this journey of trying to grow more connected as a family, we shouldn't think that, you know, Ugh, we we aren't having these perfect family dinners. There's a lot of arguing. There's going to be a lot of arguing. There's going to be times that your kids say, I hate what you cooked and, and this is disgusting. <laughs> and there are going to be arguments and, mm-hmm. and, and, and everything else. But the point, parents, is just to work on creating that understanding environment where kids feel affirmed and like they can share and like their life matters and like they're loved. Um, that's That's our goal.
0: Parents, it's important that we add this caveat to this episode because Betts and I know that you could easily listen to this and feel overwhelmed and feel like I can never do this. A couple of the things we need to say. First of all, give yourself grace And second of all, give yourself flexibility. Actually, let me start with flexibility. What might be realistic for your family may not be what's realistic for another family. So perhaps two to three nights a week is the ideal number for your family in terms of doing family meals. We recognize how busy people's schedules are. We also recognize that it depends on the stage that your kids are in and the stage of life that you're in in terms of how crazy your schedule is. So be flexible. Yes. Don't feel like you have to do a gourmet meal. You know, sometimes you got to call Papa, right? <laughs> sometimes you, you you order the pizza and the principle is that you're gathering together with your loved ones. So don't let that expectation, that, that burden that maybe, especially moms in particular, maybe moms and dads put on themselves, be flexible, and and that ties into that second principle, which is just give yourself grace. That's right. You know, recognize that sometimes it's going to be chaotic, sometimes it's not going to be planned. Um, some nights it's just not going to be realistic. But give yourself grace, and remember the the broader principle that we're talking about here is connecting over food. It's not I have to meet these ten checkpoints. Uh, to say that this officially counts as a family dinner that we can, you know, put down in our calendar. Hey, we had a family dinner tonight. <laughs> okay. So give yourself flexibility, give yourself grace. Remember the broader principle it's just connecting with the people that you love. And if you do that, you're going to be more likely to not be discouraged and to do this more often. And like we said, when the rice goes on the floor and it's in the kid's hair and there's all just, you know, just roll with it. <laughs> yeah, Just right. roll with it. It's worth it. And like I said, let the rice dry. It's a lot easier to sweep up. Yes. All right. Thanks for joining us. Uh, as always, please email us questions, thoughts, comments, intersect at anyprez.com. And we look forward to being with you next time. Bye-bye.